legal oh, okay. to tell people they're being recorded. <laughs> so. Right. All right. Cool. So, welcome to Karate Without Belts. I'm John. And I'm Marty. So, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Busy week down here at the bottom of the world. It's you know, We're starting to see the signs of uh, autumn creeping in. It's darker in the mornings and a little colder at night. And but yeah, most of this week we were we were up in the nineties Fahrenheit or you know the early thirties for those of us who use Celsius. Um, and we're it's been really, the rest really, of the world. yeah, yeah, really hot and really dry. It's been really, really cool. Actually, it's been great. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, uh, and the other big thing out of the uh, out of the week is, as uh, you and I were discussing on a on an earlier connection there. Um, I've been uh, picked up again for the second year running as a top writer on Quora.com, um, where I write on the topics of karate, martial arts, self-defense, um, and, and fighting in general, real-life fighting in general. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've hit a new, uh, new level where I'm getting about 11,000 uh, views per month. Um, oh, wow. Wh- which isn't – it's not big in a YouTube scale, you know, when, you, when you're talking YouTube influencer, but – for a, a snotty-nosed punk from New Zealand who's just talking story about the stuff he likes, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. It's it's not something I I really try hard about. I just write when I want to write, and apparently people are reading it and liking it. So, yeah, that's that's been go. the highlights of my week, man. What about I think you? More, uh, for me, I officially announced, and I guess I can announce it here too, um, that uh, we are moving to Yoron. And for those who don't know what Yoron is, Yoron is an island right above Okinawa. It is not in Okinawa Prefecture, but um, you can see Okinawa from Yoron. You can see Yoron from Okinawa. Um, It's super small. It's like 23 um, kilometers in uh, diameter. And it's got like 6,000 population. That's about the size of the town I grew up in. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to be an interesting ride. Um, we're going to be close to my wife's hometown uh, up north. Uh, we'll be close to Okinawa. So it's kind of like, you know, some people are like, how are you going to live there? I'm like, I've lived on a tiny island before. Um, it's actually a little more convenient because I can get... Okinawa is a three-hour boat ride away. And some people... Yeah, that's cool, it's... man. And say three hours? Yeah, yeah, it is. Because it's... Now, the... the drawback is do you guys get hit hit by the typhoons much down under not not sort of the not to the same extent um we right. get um what do they call them tropical cyclones coming through um but we don't get the sort of damage that say the pacific islands do or that okinawa right. or those smaller islands would experience closer to the equator yeah and the, and the problem is those things can go off from anywhere from like early may to late october yes so that's why it just—it's the only draw, real drawback of living there. I have never experienced a time, even though when I was there, funny enough, I was in New Zealand when the worst one hit, hmm. when that happened. So when I was hanging out with you down down there, what was it? Five years when was back. It? Now? Yeah, five years back, two thousand fourteen. Yeah. yeah, and. Huh. I was I was just hearing from my friends who were in Tokonoshima. They were like, "We have no power, food's running out, the stores aren't opening." That's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there was some crazy things that happened then. 
So I almost died coming back um, because the plane went into a nosedive because though the typhoon had passed, the air currents like right above the land were still really bad. So mm. we we went like off the G like we, some like I could f- feel myself floating, and mm. the the plane almost landed, almost but almost crashed, mm-hmm. and then they just turned around and went up back up to Tokyo. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But uh no, we're not gonna do any of that and Yoron. Yoron's gonna be more <laughs> more I mean, the cool thing about Yoron, and if anybody who knows Okinawa is that uh that they have Habu, the one of the most poisonous snakes in the world. Oh good. Um, good. Yeah, well, okay. well Okinawa does, Amami Oshima does, and Tokonoshima do. Yoron does not. So oh, okay. it's a, all of the cool little benefits of a tiny island and really none of the drawbacks in terms of, you know, poisonous wildlife. Huh. A bit like so, living in New Zealand, then. <laughs> well, what, New Zealand doesn't have anything. Nope. No. We, we, have, a, we, we have two spiders, um, which will cause you a bad rash. Uh, one called the katipo, katipo um, which hangs out at the beach, and another one which we call a white-tailed spider that they tend to hang out around your house. Um, if you get bit by either of them, it's painful and it turns into a rash and a very small percentage of people may have to go to hospital, but it, it's not like, uh, like you say, parts of Australia or New Guinea or, or America where, um, you know, where it gets serious. I mean, when I worked up in Papua New Guinea, uh, when was that? 2010, I think. Um, I was only up there for a short period of time and during the induction onto site, one of the guys said to me, he said, oh, we have the snake here. It's called the black taipan. Um, if you get bitten by it, uh, there's really nothing we can do, and we'll just kind of have a bit of a party and, and hang around you while you die. There's, there was no chance they could wow. get me to a hospital or get an anti-venom in time. It was like, huh, that's cool. <laughs> I think I'll just stay out of the long grass and stick around the building site. Oh. Thankfully, thankfully. Oh wow, Jesus! Yeah, Christ, that didn't happen. Never. So that was good. Yeah, well, you're not used to you're here, so I mean, unless you somehow zombified from from that, um, and managed to fool everyone. Um, but yeah, that's it, it's going to be cool. It's going to be maybe for a week or two. We couldn't do. Yeah, we can still do the podcast during, during that time. Yeah, as long as you've got as long as you've got connectivity, we can make this happen. And the difference well, might be. That instead yeah. of sitting in the in the snow and ice in Philly, you might be sitting on a beach. Oh yeah, no. Well, <laughs> it's funny. This week you mentioned you mentioned that it's ninety down there. I've been yeah. on a running streak, and I and I've just been like, "Fuck it, whatever it is, I'm gonna go out in it and figure it out." So go out with the dog early, check the trail, check the tracks. It snowed, it iced, still went out, still ran, nice. and just just. You know, the trick is you run on the grass where there's snow, not where there's ice, on the pavement. Sure. So... Yeah, that makes sense. Have you ever heard of um have you ever heard of a guy named David Goggins? He's um he's That name sounds uh, weirdly familiar. Yeah, he's becoming quite popular in the um in the fitness scene. He's uh based in the US. He's an ex Navy SEAL. Um and he's into extreme fitness and extreme running. And he did Oh, he was the topic, rather, of a book by a guy named Jesse Itzler. I think I think that's how you pronounce it. The book's right. called Living with a Seal. Um, and I'd highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in extreme, uh, extreme fitness, extreme 
sports and high performance mindset. Um, and it reminds me because you're talking about, you know, you've been out running in some snow and ice and one of the parts of the story, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit here because I read it a few years ago now, he was, this guy Jesse Itzler was saying he's, he's in bed asleep and like two o'clock in the morning he gets tapped on the shoulder and he rolls over and hears Goggins, says, get out of bed, motherfucker, we're going for a run. And it was like <laughs> minus 30 or something stupid outside. It was ridiculous. And he, they're, they're running in bare feet with no shirts on kind of thing. And they run five miles through the streets of New York, through the snow and stuff, and get home a couple of hours later. And then he says to him, you know, on a, in a separate occasion, um, Goggins takes Itzler down to the gym in his apartment and says, right, we're not leaving this room until you've done a thousand chin-ups. And um, Jesse goes, what, a thousand chin-ups? You know, I can barely do 20, so I don't give a shit. We're doing a thousand, press, uh, a thousand chin-ups or you're not leaving this room. But he said it, it took, um, I can't remember the period of time, but you can imagine that's going to take some time to punch right. out a thousand chin-ups. But the core message of the book is um, it doesn't matter what you have to do, just find a way. Find a way yeah. to do it. I don't care how you do it, find a way. And that's that comes from um, from Goggins' experience as a SEAL um, and whatnot. And he's he writes a lot now on – at the time the book was written, he was still pretty um, pretty much on the down low. But he writes a lot on Facebook now, um, and he's just released a book himself. I can't say I've read it. Um, but, yeah, the guy is really inspirational. And what you're talking about, outrunning like that, that's the kind of thing he gets into. So for you or anyone listening, if you haven't read – or done some research into David Goggins, um, do yourself a favor. It's it's incredible. The man is so inspirational. It's seriously cool. Anyway, yeah, that, I mean, that was a yeah, that was a digression. But okay, that's all right. You, you were not paid to say any of that. No, not at all. Goggins <laughs> Goggins wouldn't know me if I stood in front of him. And uh, yeah, I, I certainly I do not have the wherewithal to do the things that he's done. I don't know how he did it. He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, what is it? David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Uh, I think that's his book he's just released. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I can also, I've, I've seen this guy up on uh, up on social media somewhere, but I think, like, I, you know, as much as I have my reservations about joining, and I've always, this is, this is what's kind of kept me from joining any sort of military service, uh-huh. was, like, maybe if we were talking about 50 years ago, when um you know when it seemed like civilized countries were dealing with real threats or real problems um mm-hmm. around the world mm-hmm. you know it was just in the wake of when i was becoming into going into adolescence sure. did it seem like we were doing things without any sort of planning planning right. at least from a united states perspective uh-huh. and Several times in my late teens, early 20s, I was like, I might as well go for it. And yep. it always held me back being like, you know, and that's, this is not, nothing to say, if, you know, those who have joined, joined up and serve more, you know, if that's the way you feel about that. Hey, more power to you. But my yeah, feeling yeah. has always been, you know, there's just too, there's just too much going on that's wrong. That isn't being righted and too sure. much of just doesn't seem, doesn't seem like we know what we're doing. And, um, if anybody says you're just talking out to your 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 bunghole, um, I have friends who are in the military who yeah. have um, we move, both mutually know who yeah. somewhat share that sentiment. Right. So 
but like but that level of dedication to training mm. that is you know i'm hoping in 10 10 years i can i can have at least half of that yeah yeah i wish i mean for me um i was too young and dumb to realize yeah. that the military could have been a good a good option for me and that i probably would have been good at it um as a teenager so as and as a young adult by then i'd already wrecked one knee putting it through a glass door i'd I've got spinal problems. I've got eyesight problems. There was, I, I was told by several military doctors that there was a better than average chance that I couldn't even make the physical um, or wouldn't pass the medical, rather. So wow. that's something I've never had the chance to do. And there, here's a little, uh, a little thing for assessing life opportunities, which I learned from, um, from the toothiest man in the world, um, Tony Robbins, was um, at the end of your life when you're sitting in a rocking chair, rocking backwards and forwards will this will doing or not doing this thing be something that you regret um and he calls that the rocking chair test and i can hand on heart say that not having a military or law enforcement experience in my life not being able to do those things is something that while i can't change it um yeah i know that will that will fail the rocking chair test i'm always gonna be i'm always gonna have that what if could i have done it could yeah. I have got into the New Zealand Army, worked my way through, made it into the Special Air Service, and done that whole thing? Could I have done it? And I'll I'll never know. Um, I just yeah, it's it's not. I could do all the uh, you know you could do all the training and and put yourself through all the physical and whatnot, but it's not the same until you actually experience a deployment and find out what it's really like. Um, yeah. You'll never I'll never know. Um, so all those guys who do that, let's take another moment for a shout-out here. To anyone yeah. wearing a uniform anywhere in the world, man, mad respect. Um, I wish I could have had the opportunity, and uh, you make the most of it, and I hope it works out safe for you. Yeah, definitely, and I hope that and I hope you know they're not being, you know, my, I feel members of my family were put in situations where they didn't need to be um, sure. for, reason, for reasons that, you know, Later on, were proven to not to to not have had any real have held any water. Sure. Um, and you know, we just hope you you don't feel you don't feel disillusioned and you get home safe. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, well said. Anyway, why wow. don't we, why we, don't we we went like wow. Okay, we went there. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we stop um, digressing and actually talk about what we came here for? Although did we there's nothing wrong did we with come what here... we're talking about either. Exactly. No, definitely not. Well, and I think this gets into it a little. Um, because, you know, we talk about people who, we just talked about people who actually face real issues and, um, they fit and they use their martial arts. And we talked about that. We talked about this last time. Did we talk? Last time was a little bit ago. Um, but we've talked about this before where, where, you know, you're either serving, if you're serving in military service, you know, you need martial arts. If you're not serving in military service, you know, it becomes an act, it becomes an activity that you, that you participate in that at least for you and me has become a focal point of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact we're not really out there using it every day, but God forbid one day we have to. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And then there is the question of, you know, we've gotten to questions of authenticity before that you very eloquently talked about. Um, so a lot of people, people saw that a little bit. Huh. So, yeah. Um, but, it goes to ask, you know, who's got the authority to teach and who has the right to say, you know, when do you kind of bridge from being proficient to having mastery? 
Bruh. which is a word that has plagued what we do Absolutely. the day it was translated. Yes. Um, either Chinese, Japanese, or even, even I think, European styles use something to that degree, though. You know, anybody who actually does some sort of form of European wrestling or European um, epe or sword or whatever, mm-hmm. um, correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, yeah, the word master mm-hmm. has been something that I just don't... I frankly don't understand and has spun out a lot of weird mentalities for a long time and it's kind of led us to where we are with karate. Yeah. So I've got something to say about this, but you want, you want to j- jump in real quick? <laughs> no, I'm just sort of letting you have your, have your piece actually. Cause when I yeah, get I started, it, when I get started, it could be quite the same thing. Um, no. I, I summarize for most people when they stand in front of me they, uh, and they go, Oh, I was training with master this and I've met master that and grandmaster this. Most right. of the time, I just look at them and go, you know what? I've met plenty of guys who are called master and grandmaster. I've never met a master yet. Not one. Never. Ever. I've met guys who are good at martial arts, and the rest of their lives are an absolute disaster. It's, it's just a wake of destruction. Um, so for me, yeah, I, I could get the, I could get the um, podium out here and go on for quite some time about this. Um, oh, no. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I feel quite passionately about it. To the point where I, one time I actually, I did some digging and I, I would, it would take me some time now to track it back down again. But I believe that in New Zealand, you can't actually use the term um, master um, or bachelor or professor legally unless you have a university degree from a recognized university. So I can't well, call myself can call me- master. Yeah, I can't call myself master Marty Rickard or Marty Rickard Master, um, Master of the Arts or Master of Martial Arts or anything like that, people could actually, I think, I think I got this right, people could actually take me to court for that because it's an improper use of a recognized term. Well, and, I guess they can call me Master John then because I have one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, if, if you have a master's degree, then yes, you have the right to use that title. Um, right. So there's the yeah there's that which is I mean that's again a bit of a digression which seems to be my theme for the day, but in the martial arts, um, yeah, how long does it take? I mean I've been training thirty six years. I I hate the, the idea of being called a master. Um, yeah. I I was granted the title of Renshi many years ago um, in an, another organisation and. The organization I'm part of now, we don't use those titles, but the venue that I operate out of, the place I teach from, they like us to use titles to, um, as, a, as a term of authenticity, I suppose. Um, they, they like to call me Renchi Marty around the place. Oh, that's fine. You know, I, I get that from a commercial point of view or from a, uh, as, as a, they're using the title as a way to um, designate my seniority within the, the organization, perhaps, or within the venue. Um, and I noticed well, I, 
it various also black is... belts. Yeah, the yeah. black belts around the place have a title, which might be sensei or super. Um, actually, they don't use subum nim for the taekwondo guys. I'm not sure what they uh, what they use, but yeah, they get to a point where they like those of us who have a bit more senior rank. They they like to hang a title on us and use it. So yeah. Well, and that's not. I don't inherently have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an issue when. The overuse of like Renshi, Hanshi, Shihan, Sensei, mm-hmm. Kyoshi. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's funny. Most Japanese people, like, mo- I say this as if I, I know all Japanese people, but when I was in Japan, you know, I was trying to explain or trying to kind of figure out what that was. And some people would say, yeah, Shihan, Shihan's a, a, a big thing. Mm-hmm. But th- that's very, that's very much at the point where it's like, you have to be like a teacher of teachers and stuff like that. That's what it's considered. And where that falls is kind of anyone's guess. Mm -hmm. But when you get to the, you know, the word sensei itself, you know, that's used so often and that's where it gets translated from, at least from a Japanese perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. Chinese, I know Shifu. I don't know Mm -hmm. enough about Chinese to be able to to talk about that. Um, No, likewise. Yes. But I know at least with sensei, the sensei means you know the one who came before. Mm-hmm. I know that it can get translated into master, but then it gets like, all right, but that's not what they mean when when they say master. Sure. Um, that doesn't mean like they have mastered everything and are the font of all knowledge, despite them being a teacher. Mm-hmm. Maybe at one point they had that was the case, but I mean, you know, you walk into a you walk into a dojo, it's a sensei. You walk into an elementary school, it's a sensei. You walk into a doctor's office, they're a sensei. Mm. Mm. So yep. you, you wouldn't you, you all three places are very different, um, mm. and all those three places don't shouldn't they they don't have this overarching reverence that they have. And then now when it was translated into English as mm-hmm. master. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's kind of weird in English for us to say, you know, Marty teacher. Yeah, yeah. Or, or teacher Marty. <laughs> it, it's a weird. It's it's weird for us. It's weird for us. But in most other languages, they're fine with using with with saying teacher um, when they talk to you. I teach ESL. So many people call me teacher every day. Then, sure. despite the fact I tell them don't do that because it doesn't make as much that much sense in English. Yes. Um, I guess that I'm I, under New Zealand law, they should call me master, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think it quite works that way. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I do know that I, I don't think I can go out there and promote myself as a master, given that I don't have a certificate that says that. But um, you, you can call yourself on... professor either. No, I can't. No. No, and uh, that that one, yeah, that's right. And that one's another one that's interesting because in some, uh, the history of some arts, and I know BJJ is one, and mm. some of the Filipino arts are the others, where professor is a term that they throw around and they use for capable, skilled instructors. Um, one of the guys who operates out of the venue I operate out of is holds that rank. He's he's or that title rather. He's called professor. Um, and I, I sort of don't have a problem with it in that regard. Um, but then I know of other guys who have bunk, um, highly questionable PhDs 
PhDs issued by my circle of friends who I paid um, to call themselves a 10th down PhD in martial arts. Like, fuck off, What man. the hell does that mean? Yeah, you I'm serious. A I'm not PhD. Yeah, I'm not kidding. And that, and that particular circle of friends is not far from your location, actually. Um, and, and these dudes are going around saying, well, I've got a, I'm a 10th degree black belt. I have a PhD and a professorship in martial arts. No, you don't. You didn't do what's required to call yourself a PhD, a doctor, or a professor. Get the fuck out of here. Well, do they um, have a, and, and I think do they that have cheapens, a thesis? Yeah, yeah, that's my point. Um, and I, I think that cheapens... It, it's an insult to people who actually have PhDs and have done the work, um, and it cheapens... It, it makes the whole martial arts a bit more of a joke, actually. That's my well, thoughts I, on that. Well, and here's the thing. You're talking about BJJ and... Um, BJJ, which has... Uh, yeah, I mean, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Brazilian yep. jiu-jitsu. Uh, yep. I'm going to confirm this with my Portuguese and Spanish-speaking students. Sure. But if I'm is, if and anyone feel free to correct me on this, but el professor and teacher more or less mean the same thing. If you yeah, translate, if you translate them, so translate yeah, into English, professor, pr- professor, I guess to make it a little more easier for everyone to get involved with. If you're an English speaker or a Spanish speaker, you're a Portuguese speaker, makes sense in that regard. Um, but to, 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 to cars, I mean, to academics that, that, that's mind blowing, but what's even worse is that, um, you get this idea that these people are much higher or much, yes. much more skilled than they actually are. Yes. And then you, you get this Therein weird, weird the problem. Yeah. yeah. And they, and here's the worst thing. They can't learn anymore. Yeah. They cannot learn anymore. Um, and it, 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 I don't think you would see that with any other martial art, martial artist in any other Southeast Asian country. I think mm-hmm. they would, they might, they, I, I've had just had finished up an interview with Jimmy Teller, which sure. hopefully will be out sooner than later, but. Um, that's neither here nor there. But when I was talking to him, he was like, yeah, you go into a dojo, you just do what that person's doing. You know, if you go into another dojo, you just do what that person's doing. You don't really question it, but yep. you just, you know, just do what they're doing. But it's not like they overhelp. A lot of them overhold themselves over others. And in fact, a lot of people used to go tell other people to go train with others. Yes. And that was fine. Um, the, the, when it gets to the English-speaking world, especially America, you get these people who come, who, you know, the GIs who came back and, and those after mm-hmm. them were saying, "Oh, I've got a, I'm, I'm a master in the martial arts because I have a yep. black belt." And yep. holy Christmas alive! Yeah, yeah. It, and look what we've got now. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't intentional. These no, I don't think intentionally. so. No, I don't think so. It, it just it just was born of its own. I don't know, bad luck, I suppose. Born under a bad sign, you could almost say. You could write a song about that. And um, yeah, it, it's a bizarre. There's one thing I want to flash back a bit here. You you made the comment earlier, um, and I don't ex- remember exactly what you said, but um, you and I we we've both been in situations where you are called, for instance, um, you know, Shihan Ebersol or Ebersol Shihan. Um, Let's have flashback to those days. Uh, well, no, yeah, but uh, I'm going somewhere with this. Right, yeah, right, 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 right. I would be Rickard Renshi or whatever. 
one thing that gets me is people trying to out Japanese the, the Japanese. And, and I know of um, places where you go in, like you come into my dojo, if I use, or if anyone uses a title, it's Renshi Marty um, or Renshi Rickard, if it's, if it's, um, if the situation requires that. But I'm not, I, I teach in an English speaking country. Um, right. In a, yeah, and people don't understand when someone says, "Oh, if you'd like the answer to that question, you know, you need to go and speak to uh, Ricard Renchimati." Excuse me, what are you Yoda? Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't even that doesn't even work in Japanese. It doesn't even work in Japanese. No, it doesn't work at all. It's it's a case of people trying to out Japanese the Japanese. Um, and I got that title from it was actually from someone who's quite. I can't think of his name. He's quite high, uh, quite highly regarded in Okinawan martial arts, and has I think he's a guy who has something to do with the classical fighting arts magazine. Um, and he asked me one time when I was trying to explain my background and lineage and how I'd gotten to where I've gotten, and I and what I was trying to do, what my um, what my goals were in martial arts. And he right. just asked me that question outright. He said, "Are you trying to out Japanese the Japanese?" I thought, "Damn, that's a good phrase." Um, yeah. So yeah, well, I stole that from him. But yeah, my my point being, I don't yeah. understand when why people would bend a language or try to enforce a culture to a point where you wind up with language and linguistics that make no sense whatsoever, regardless of whether it's in English or Japanese. I don't get that. Well, and the, the bending of languages, like like, it's also comes it comes to this idea of rank and like misunderstanding mm-hmm. like you just say sensei to someone um anyone's a sensei anyone who mm-hmm. is like who's higher than you could mm. be considered sensei sure quote unquote that or who just has more experience than you that's that's fine to say but it's to call them master they've mastered it um mm-hmm. how many people who are outside of those spheres who don't use that word master? Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny though because in Japanese, when you say master, you know, master is more of more of the idea of like uh, like the master of a of a what is it like a master of the house, like kind of how sure. they, how that, that old way of using it, or like yeah. the master master of a pub. Yeah. So you'll hear that more often there than they'll ever ever start refer- using that word to refer to somebody. Um, who does martial arts or teaches something, yep. um, you know, maybe do- maybe doctor or something or professor, but even then, and I mean, one thing that, and this is what kind of denigrates things where it's like, okay, somebody says they're a master, then someone comes in their school and beats them up. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're not a master anymore. Yeah. You went, yeah, yeah. Your mastery has been revoked. Um, yeah. The other one, or this, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's arts out there that, you know, when you click up so many number of darn grades, you're instantly a master. Eh, nah, I don't think so. Um, there's one in particular in New Zealand. I'm not going to go into it, but right. as soon as you're a fourth degree black belt, you're a master. And people are expected to call you master even outside the dojo. And I don't get that. You walk. Uh, that's something, that's another thing that gets me is, Walking down the street in a situation that's totally unrelated, and you're expected to call someone master in the street um, in a modern society, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't sit well with me. Um, I suppose people can do whatever they like, but it doesn't sit well with me. 
Um, well, it feels. It's invoking a couple other things that that don't that don't, don't go, go together that we're not gonna that we're not gonna get into here. Um, that, um, but like, it, it, it's also like you walk into a you walk into a diner, right, or you walk into a restaurant with people. It's, you know, after you're finished the the training or doing whatever, the keys are. Off. I mean, hope maybe the keys are off. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they are. Hopefully everybody's changed and maybe showered. Um, one's probably more more of it required than the other. Sure. But you're sitting down in normal clothes, hanging out. Like the per- the the waitress comes over. She's not like, yo, Matt, Matt, Master Tom, Bill. Yeah. Like it's it's not gonna. They don't care. Yeah. And so, like uh, from the outside looking in, it's just silly. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree fully. Um, I, for me personally, I, I say to my students, outside the dojo, I'm Marty. I, inside the dojo, I'm Marty. They don't have to call me Renshi Sensei. I don't really care. Um, there's only a couple of words in the English language that I don't respond well to. Um, right. ironically, ironically, one of them is bro. I can't stand being called bro. There's only what up, two. Bro? Yeah, yeah. There's only two people on earth who can actually call me that, and that's because they are blood genetically related to me. Um, otherwise, I. It, Actually cranks my handle, but that's just me. You watch, you watch for the comments, eh? <laughs> the comments no, I don't on the care. podcast. What's what up, bro? bro? Yeah, what up, bro? Gonna be tons of that. Yeah. Um, that's that's yeah, fine, though. Yeah, so, but, I mean, you can call me anything, but there's these two words, one bro being one of them, don't call me that. Um, but, yeah, particularly outside the dojo, I don't think there's a place for it. I really don't. And if, if your ego is such that, you do, or yeah, I suppose if it's egotistical, if you get down to it and it's really about ego and it's about making you feel good because you're a martial arts master, um, go join the Cobra Kai, brother. You missed your beat. You, you missed your place. You're in the wrong yeah. place. Yeah. Well, I, like I've gone out with people who, who like in, in Japanese society, I've gone out when it's a business deal, when you are with Kachil or you're with like Kyokuchil or something like that. The people who are like maybe the head of an of uh, office or the head of a bureau sure. or heck the superintendent, heck even yes. the mayor. Um, yes. You live on a t- in a tiny island. You kind of meet everybody. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. still call that person. You would still refer to that person by their title. Right. That's fine. I mean, in those situations, that's fine. Yeah, yeah I can see that. In that place. In that culture, that works, but for the quote-unquote Western culture, it don't work. Yeah, yeah. And, and to force people and to force that kind of hand on it, eh, I I don't see it see it working out. I see more in the future us leaving that behind, and mm-hmm. I just hope I just I wish some people would be a little more honest with just introducing people to this in the in the right way and not yes. the wrong sure. um and it, it just gets me that we still have organization we still have organizations we still have people out there mm-hmm. who um treat it as if we oh of course i i know all about this when nowadays you know, maybe 20 years ago you could have gotten away with that i think that was the last that, that's probably the last time you could because mm-hmm. nowadays you can get just easily fact-checked mm-hmm yeah, yeah. hell yeah, yep. And the information out there is 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 such that 
you can you can keep this up for maybe a little while. Eventually, people are going to get curious. Yep. And eventually, they're gonna they're they're not gonna believe what you're saying, or they will. Yeah. And do you really want those people around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you're right. I, I mean, that's that's kind of my thing for the would be masters. Yeah, yeah. So, Where, so what I want to do, I want to take this to another step, take the discussion another step further, and I'm going to say, okay. um, what defines them? What in order for someone to truly be a master in the martial arts, what does that require in your definition? So Fine. for me, um, okay. be, because martial arts these days, um, you know, there, there's people who are in studying martial arts because they want to fight perhaps UFC, something like that, a, a sports-related um, following of martial arts. I'm not really looking at that. I'm more looking at the martial arts instructor who stands up in front of a class that's made up of family members of all ages um, and is teaching these people a physical and mental discipline that will make that will improve their lives. Right. So to me, when I look at it like that and I go, okay, what's a master? What is it? Maybe it's what is it that I'm striving for when I stand up in front of my class full of family members, bloody blah, blah, blah. What am I looking for? To me, I'm looking for someone who shows um, a balanced life. And I think I've, I've said this sort of thing before on, on earlier, um, earlier episodes. Um, to me, if you, if you want to even get close to being called a master, I want to see someone stand up there who has achieved highly in their career assuming that their career is not professional martial artist. Um, if you're a professional martial artist and you're doing well and you've got a good school, yep, you win. Um, if you're like me, I am an, uh, an engineer. Uh, I currently work in a management role and have a lot of responsibility for a wide range of things. I think my career is doing okay. Um, so I, I say to somebody, you're going to stand up and be a master. I want to see that you've got a successful career where you're respected amongst your peers and within the industry or the, the, the um, sector that you work in. I want to see you have a successful family. Um, if you choose to be single, that's fine. If you, you know, I don't care how you define family, but I think you need to have a successful family. You need to have, um, you know, a good partner, wife, whatever it is these days. Um, your kids have done well. You've, if you've had, hiccups and bumps in the road of life that you've dealt everyone with. Everyone has. Yeah, yeah, everyone has. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you've dealt with them in a way that fits uh, what society expects. Um, you know, so you've done well in your career. You're doing well in life. You've done well in um, in your family. You do well financially. You pay your bills on time. You've got money in the bank. You're not scrabbing from, um, you know, week to week, eating out of rubbish bins or, um, you know, borrowing money and not paying it back, those kinds of things. That requires those, a good skill. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, those things all coming together, how you present yourself, are you articulate? Are you yeah, are you capable? Do you show intelligence? Do you study? Do you are you well rounded? That if someone stands in front of me who meets those um, requirements, who meets those things, I'm more likely to respect them as a master um, than I am for someone who simply has a seventh done and uh, hasn't really achieved anything else successfully in their life. That's that's my take on it. What's your thoughts, man? How do you look at it? 
Well, I mean, if I would say I would more or less concur with that. I mean, I mean, look, everyone's kind of where they are in life. You know, you can't really you can't really help that. Sometimes people get to that level and then things don't work out or things diminish or fade away. Things get derailed. Um, Your plans get derailed. Yeah. Mm. How well can you come back? Mm-hmm. How well can you bounce off? How mm. are you Seven going to Seven times down, eight times up, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I think that's right. Um but it's it's you know how can can you can you survive that and still push forward? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I'll be honest, I it doesn't matter that the rank or whatever, um, mm-hmm. because you can still I've seen people who lasted in schools for ever and an age, and mm-hmm. they know what's going on. They don't make any waves. They don't really care there's people who've come and gone have made all sorts of waves mm-hmm. um made all sorts of noise but to me that uh, if you want to call somebody a master it's that person who will continue to go maybe they are not going in the same way they were before maybe they're doing something different now maybe they're they're th- things are completely different from where they started maybe they're not where they want or even are supposed to be mm-hmm because that's life. Yeah. But if they continue, if they keep going, if they didn't give up, and they can still be examples to people who are around them, because yep. hell, let's, let's face it, we're not talking about above and below anymore. Um, they're just the people who are around them. Yep. I've had students like that. Yeah. I'm happy to say. I'm happy to say. You don't have to be the guy standing out in front of the class imparting the knowledge. Um, a master can very easily be the lowest student in class who just keeps walking through the door. You're, yeah, I agree with that, man. Keeps walking through the door, but has got their shit in a pile, in a grand, in a, a, a wide viewing sense. They know which way up is. Yeah, you're right. I like that. I like that a lot. And the pile isn't on fire. Yeah, yeah well, that's a big thing too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Because you have, I mean, because you just have these, like you've said before, people can't who can't hold things together, or, and, and this is the weird thing too. And I'm not calling anybody particular out, so don't try, don't even try no. try to start looking at it. But so, no. and I've been talking about this with my um, work students a lot, is that um, social media is kind of redefining things, mm-hmm. such the point that people can just kind of snap a couple f- pictures. And, or take a take a video or something like that, and make it look like that's you know present themselves in a certain way. Absolutely. And to people who are viewing from the outside, that's all they can, can see and know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying one way or the other that if you do that and you've got it all together, or maybe you do that, and then maybe that's keeping you going. And that's keeping keeping you sane among whatever the myriad of stuff life's been life's been thrown at you. I'm mm-hmm. not saying one way or the other on it because everyone, including us, uses social media these days. Um, but if you know, where was where was I going with this? But <laughs> oh yeah, like like um. If if you're just kind of snapping the pictures and 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 being like, yeah, I've really got it made, and then you just sit down and like veg out for the rest of the time, 
nah, yeah. like you're not really you're not really there, and eventually people are going to be able to poke a hole or two through that and say, no, you're not really there. I can say that about myself too. Like I remember a time when it was hardcore training all the time. Um, I was mm-hmm. able to put twenty four seven into it, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. And then life hit back in a hard way. And but you know what? I got yeah. up this morning. I got up this morning, did kata, went for a run over some ice. That's better than the person who didn't. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That's right. And that, and I'm not saying I'm a master. But I'm saying the attitude, it's it's more of the attitudes and the behavior than necessarily that even that knowledge. And I think mo- uh, and this is the funny thing. I think knowledge doesn't really come and go. It just gets buried. And mm-hmm. when you're in that mode of doing martial arts, yeah, and a student or just his training, it, it comes back out. And I won't come back out the same way twice. Yep. Yep. So if you can make, make it's like playing the piano. If you make it come out and come out in interesting and good ways, several different times in several different ways. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're onto something, right? Yeah. I, I think that's where I was going with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> We've yeah, covered I, a whole I mean, bunch of stuff. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah. We'll, only have so much time, Marty. Um, oh, no. oh Lord, you are your name is Marty. Um, yeah, yeah, that's me, Marty. <laughs> Marty. Yeah, we're trying to get back to the Delorean. That's it, man. Um, that's it. Oh wow, it took me fifteen years to figure that out to, to yeah, make that connection. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, and at work I get called Morty, and that kicks off the Rick and Morty jokes, and yeah. Yeah, it's good. I like it. It's a good thing. Hey, Rick and Rick and Morty's good stuff. Um, yeah, I was gonna t- I was gonna tie that back to, back to like um, if you've ever read, watched the show Archer. Um, oh, we that was the topic of discussion this morning. My life, my life is less fulfilled now that I've seen every episode of Archer. I need to start watching them again. Carry on. Well, no, no, that's that's fine. But it's just Archer. Archer is one of the first episodes where one of the other people in there is like, "Am I going to learn karate?" And he just laughs and says, "What the Dane Cook of martial arts?" <laughs> and I'm like, what? "Yeah, I mean, because because of this exact mentality that comes out of using that word, yep. and that has sprung forth the all of the variety of parodies and mockery that." Boxing doesn't deal with that. Other yeah. stuff doesn't deal with that. Yet, because of this one thing that we happen to carry that's a leftover of a leftover of a leftover yep. of a mistranslation, no honest person can, can start, start, doing what, start doing karate without dealing with that. Yeah. And, and look, Dane, Dane Cook had some, some funny jokes. So, you know what? I mean, I'll be honest. I've just had to Google who the hell Dane Cook even is. <laughs> I'd never heard of the guy before. Um, <laughs> it shows how popular he was down in New Zealand here. But you're right. And that, I mean, that's a whole different thing. That's Maybe that's um, a good topic for our next podcast. Could be how do we remove that, that, whole, uh, that whole stigma? You know, what, does, what does karate need to do to become, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? get realized as a practical martial art again, perhaps, or, or 
win back some fans at the very least. Well, um, yeah, I, and I, 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 it, it's gonna, it's gonna have to come on several fronts. Sure. And it's and it's gonna look differently in different places, because from our perspective, we deal with that. But from like a Japanese perspective, it's mm-hmm. sports. Yes. And it's just not stopped being that. Yes. And Okinawans don't like it, but yeah, yeah. that's an older generation. Yes. So interestingly enough, for me, when I was teaching the like the one or two students I had when I was in Japan, they were like, "Wait, this is practical? Kata what? can can be used for self defense." Use Wait, this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And which is which is which I was like mind boggled by because I was like three islands up from Okinawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't and get a lot like, closer, could you? I mean, I am now, but still. Well, you are now, but yeah, at the time, you still you couldn't get a lot closer. And, yeah. Wow. Huh. So there's that. There you go. Uh, um, I think we're gonna we might just transition Probably. to kind of a wrap up. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got. Unfortunately, I have. Um, it's as, as weird as it is for me on a weekend. I have places to be shortly. So. Oh, yeah, sweet um, Christmas. No, so no, what are we, you? Up- we're good. Uh, actually, I'm going over to see mum and dad. Um, ah, okay. My parents live across the other side of town, and I have some of New Zealand's best bacon to take them. Um, my wife was out touring okay. the country during the week, and she came back with a massive pile of bacon, and it's very good bacon. And um, We all know that all bacon is good bacon, but this is particularly good bacon. So I'm going to deliver bacon to my uh, my parents and educate them on a couple of other things about the modern world. And, uh, yeah, um, so with, you're with mum and the dad both, Yeah, exactly. With mum and dad both being um, well over 80 years old, um, yeah, sometimes there's a few things in the modern world that challenge them. So occasionally, as the youngest and tech-savvy son, I'm, I get dragged in to uh, reprogram the alarm clock or, you know, set up the VCR or whatever the case may be. So Wait, they're using, still using a VCR? No, no, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, but that's that's my ne- that's my next move. So, uh, yeah, like you say, I got to wrap right this up, and uh, oh, I cool. need to go there. But this has yeah. been this has been fantastic. Actually, every every episode we do is more and more fun. Oh, I'm finding it that way. Um, maybe people listening to it think we're just more and more full of shit too. But that, <laughs> there's, there's always that. Well, there's plenty. I mean, there's plenty of that. Here's the here's the thing. Um, that I that I've that I've realized through even just a couple months of doing this, it's like it's not about you know whether we're full of full of horse hockey or not. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of authentic people are we? And yeah. what can 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 people get behind that? Yeah. If we can get people behind that, and the people are behind that, then we we're accomplishing our missions as, as martial artists. Um, yeah. From a broad, from a broader perspective, yeah. Uh, I, if that's not what we're what what we're trying to do, if we're trying to you know make, and there's nothing against this with other people who do this, but just make like technique videos or just make um, which is it, which is something we've both done actually. Um, yeah. If you search on the internet well enough, but you know to have more of a time for people to chat and kind of understand, okay. This is a perspective that I, I can I can jump on with. Oh, there's more people who think this way, you know. That actually brings more like-minded people together. So, good stuff. Oh, slow but sure. Slow but right, surely. Okay, dude. Uh, you have a good those, weekend, and uh, yeah. And 
Yeah, thanks, stay out. thanks yeah, everybody stay. who's listening. And um, um, oh, the fun of my... not doing this—the fun of not doing this in a studio, eh, where we can actually see each other and get cues. This is all done via audio, and it's hilarious. No, yeah. I mean that's just fine. But um, to the, those of you listening, I hope you this you guys, whether you are a student or a grandmaster, um, we hope we hope you found found this enjoyable. Yeah. Stay, stay toasty, everybody. Yeah, go away and think about it. Take it easy. See ya. Later.